Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me, Claire Williams, to list off every filmmaker cast in your next. Wait, is there more than two? But can you... There's Ty, Ty, yeah. Ty West and Amy Simetz. Yep. Oh. Yep. Got one more. Oh, there's one more? I two believe, more. There's I two believe. more. Let's... Two, two more. more? Yes, two more. That's right, two more. Yes. Oh, At least. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know, fellas. I feel like I've failed you both. Is uh, Joe Swanberg. Yes, that's right. Yep, Joe Swanberg, yep. And uh, Larry Fessenden. What have they... Yep. I, I think I remember Joe. What, what is he directing? Uh, he, he... He did a bunch of mumble courses. He did, like, uh, Greta Gerwig's first thing they co-directed together, mm-hmm. which I can't remember the yep. name of. And then Larry Fessenden is, like, um, the godfather of elevated horror. Nights and Weekends. He co-directed yeah, Nights and Weekends yeah. with Greta uh, Gerwig. That's right. That's right. Um, and I feel like just like I a could, yeah, it's such a and I feel like just like a shitload of mumblecore stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And he directed a segment of VHS as mm. well. I feel like everyone. I, mean, I directed film... a segment of VHS too. So like, let's all <laughs> right. Everyone directed. Everyone directed in that thing. Yeah, in the in the and also uh, Drinking Buddies, which is supposed to be very charming. Oh, and I guess Simon Barrett also counts as a filmmaker in this because he wrote the screenplay for Your Next. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the yeah. yeah. Wait, so who did you say was the godfather of elevated horror? Uh, Larry Fessenden. He directed, like, Wendigo. Um, is probably his biggest one. He didn't do any, like, huge, huge ones, but he, like, was the mentor of both Ty West and Adam Wingard and produced a bunch of their stuff. And I feel like yeah. a lot of what you see in, like, horror in the 2010s, you can kind of trace back to him. So, do we all agree he has the biggest forehead of all time? Yes, that is very true. It's crazy. He looks like Megamind. <laughs> yeah. He looks like the fucking leader from Hulk. He's like a, he's the fun, he's a fun house Jack Nicholson. Now, I will be honest with you, gentlemen. Um, when I started this film, this was the first time I saw it, and I mm. initially saw him, if you put a gun to my head, I would have said that was Rain Wilson. Huh. I guess I can if see that. If you <laughs> were like, Clay, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, oh, man, that <laughs> sucks. Please don't kill me. It's like, no, I'm going to. Unless you tell me who is that actor, I'm like, well, okay, I'm saved now because of course that is Rain Wilson. <laughs> Pull trigger, I'm dead. Phew, avoided that. One. But yeah. I, for some reason, well, now I'm curious. Could you name the other filmmakers if we're like gun to your head? Oh yeah, Ty West and Amy Smith. No, I mean I knew that. Oh, like you know them by love. Okay. Oh, Ty. Actually, no, I had no idea. No, I had no idea. Okay, yeah. Um, I only I can if it, maybe Amy Smith, but. That would have taken a while. That would have been like a yeah. hour long gun gun pointing session. <laughs> I'm just like, you're like, I know that face. Well, okay, yeah, like shift the, the gun to the is... other hand. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. The... You're loading the loading the <laughs> yeah. chamber. Palms are getting sweaty. Uh, you have to wipe off the handle of the gun. <laughs> you know that's a plot a point in uh, the Carl Franklin movie. What was it? What was the Carl Franklin movie, Jack, with the um. The Mar- Morgan Freeman, the courthouse drama, high crimes. No, 
No, that's not that's not it. No. But remember how like one of the twists is like the guy who killed him, ha- you know, moved his gun a lot with both hands. <laughs> and there was like a whole thing where he's just like, Jesus Christ, what's this? Like that was a big clue. That was a big key. Oh, it was a high crimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He loved switching. He loved switching the guns with his hands, and it's like that's the key. <laughs> that's how we learn who the real killer is. And it's just like Jesus fucking Christ. Um. Oscar, have you seen High Crimes? I have not. 2002. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's, it's all right. If <laughs> that's we, a good we were on quote. another podcast recently talking about. Carl it's Franklin. a yeah yeah. That's, it's a lower end TNT movie, but it's still a TNT movie where you're just yeah, like I mean, nothing you know, wrong with that. It's like a little too long. Too long. Yeah, like it doesn't. The twist at the end kind of is like ah, fine, I guess. But during the courthouse, like, but when you see Morgan Freeman doing his thing and getting drunk and all that, yeah. you're just kind of like. All right, this is fine. Mm-hmm. And you see Adam Scott, yeah. and you're like, oh, no, it's Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I have a fondness yeah. for TNT movies. Um, Early 2000s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, a really, like, uh, compelling performance from Morgan Freeman, Ashley Judd, Sound of Freedom's own Jim Caviezel. <laughs> He's uh, bad in it, actually. Today, actually we it. have um, the start of Horror Month, too. Our second year doing the return, a month of horror episodes. The return, yeah. Uh, should we call it the horror return? strikes the, back? The the revenge of horror mm. month. Uh, that's a there's uh, yeah. But horror sequels, you know, maybe maybe we won't capture the, the magic of, of our first horror month, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, a horror part two. But um, uh, very exciting. Like you know, we're we're big fans of of horror and in horror in this in the decade and sort but of but not like the biggest fans, how which are the people changed. we're going to have on for this podcast. This is yeah, it's very true. Uh, we're bringing in the yeah, experts, folks, the know hows. Yes, the uh, yeah, the nerds. Yeah. That's me. What? <laughs> and our first nerd up is Oscar Gump. Thank you. It's great to be back. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, so as a nerd, no. <laughs> I'm now thinking of I mean, business cards saying crazy. Oscar Goff movie, movie uh, horror movie nerd. Just I, like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'll own that. Yeah, I'll, or just or I can I can imagine it like the American Psycho card and just says yeah, <laughs> like geek. It's not a bad idea, actually. Maybe I'll do no, that. No, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I now want business cards. Um, I feel like that would be the move. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. get a business card, but it's like not a business. No, it's absolutely. Just it's just, like, hey, oh, my name's Clay Williams. Here's yeah. here's all you need to know about me. Yeah, it's like, here's the I, ha- like, I had yeah. weirdo or whatever. I had business cards, and then like a month later, my professional email address changed, and I had to get rid of them. Ooh. And, I'm, and that's my fear is like any time yeah. I get business cards, they're going to become obsolete. Oh, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. <laughs> That's why I won't have any contact information. I'll just have my name and just, like, a little bit about me and be like, there you go, and just leave. Just leave them, okay. like, what was the point of this card? Was there a goal? Is it, I mean, you, can, you can put on the card just Google Clay Williams. Right, exactly. You'll find a lot of us, but you'll yeah, know yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was thinking, like, maybe we start with, like, your, real, like, any fun, scary movies you love or just kid, your relationship like, oh, with horror was... what got you into it what was... yeah yeah no i was gonna oh, okay. yeah i was gonna say that. my own yeah, yeah yeah no yeah same idea yeah yes um yes. i mean i guess the thing that really like got me into horror as a kid like not even 
a movie itself, but I had a VHS tape called Creepy Classics, and it was just like a very elderly Vincent Price sitting in a cheap movie theater set and introducing clips from public domain horror movies from the 50s and 60s. And I loved this. Like I was into I was into monsters as a kid, but I, you know, that was the thing that got like me Universal. into the movies themselves. Yeah, yeah, like Universe like Roger Corman stuff like you know, they had the clip for of him in The Raven, which of course I had to seek out because it has, you know, Peter Laurie in a Raven costume playing the Raven. It's ridiculous. Pretty good. Um and then like around that same time, I got like an Elvira tape of Halloween hits. And I managed to make a connection between the clip of uh, I Was a Teenage Werewolf where he attacks the girl on the parallel bars to the lyric in the song I Was a Teenage Werewolf by the Cramps, which was on the Elvira CD. And that was like, that was my first experience of getting a reference and the rest is history. <laughs> um, but no, uh, like old B-movies were very essential to my childhood aesthetic i guess and then in high school army of darkness was i guess the mm. my gateway to like contemporary horror movies because that brought me to the first two evil dead movies and those brought me to peter jackson's early films and that brought me to trauma and reanimator and basically like the entire like this was the you know pretty much the peak of the vhs era so i would just clear out like all of these old horror movie tapes that nobody else wanted at that time because people were switching over to DVD. So I got to buy them for like three for $10 and take them home. So at my parents' house, I still have these boxes and boxes of just shitty ancient VHS tapes of horror movies, which I have to excavate because I'm sure there are some treasures Ooh, in there. good use of excavate. Or, I didn't oh, yeah. That. And the, but that's a good, good, that's a good word. I imagine like those are the best, like, uh, quality to see those evil things. exactly just, just like, like fuzzy it can't be high definition yeah 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 almost and, like, and it's they're all like, like barely working the plastic vhs clamshell cases where they like cut the cardboard sleeve and jammed them in there so they're all gnarled like it's <laughs> it's the perfect aesthetic to watch these things in. yeah the shell case is like a little yeah. sticky and then, yeah. you know, this is before streaming or anything, so I would just pack these things into my backpack and, like, go over to friends' houses and make them watch all this shit. Um, you know, I had friends who were not, who had weaker constitutions than myself, so I'd, you know, see if I could find the movie that would make them puke. Jesus Christ. It's always <laughs> fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bad Taste probably came the closest, the Peter Jackson film, which, you know, we were talking yeah. earlier before the show... I was so shocked when Peter Jackson signed on to do Lord of the Rings that I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought it was an Onion-type parody of <laughs> Sam Raimi doing Spider-Man that, like, of course the guy who didn't yeah. meet the Feebles is not doing Lord of the Rings. Like, that's crazy. Or if it would be, like, a topic between you and your friends. Like, oh, it would be kind of right. funny if the guy who didn't meet the Feebles right. like, adapted these classic works. So this is, my, like, my equivalent um, of being, yeah. like, a teenager in the 80s and watching your favorite punk bands signed to a major label. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was my grounding in all of that stuff is just, like, A, the old schlocky B-movies from the 50s, and then B, especially what they would call, like, sl splatstick movies, like these, like, super gory horror comedies. And I think it's that part of me that really responded to the film that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, and I think 
getting into those B movies as a kid is really crucial as like kids are unpredictable and uh you're just unsure of who's gonna be like have that curiosity of like that kind of filmmaking because i imagine like it's not the most exciting and you're only like sticking to the most simple ideas at that age but then like if you do you're like you're totally going to appreciate the the people that will steal from those those older movies when you when you're like oh like who's Wes Craven who is John Carpenter and you're like oh I recognize like this kind of like camera movement or whatever yeah for sure for sure did you get excited by that or were you just like what a Um, fucking hack are you kidding me (laughs) (laughs) no I mean I was also like very much grounded in you know the horror canon like because at the time you also had like the video rental books where you'd have like the synopses of all the films and the sidebars for these are the important ones that you have to look for. Um, so that was my equivalent of, you know, however people find movies today as kids, uh, letterboxed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Movies. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Clay already mentioned um, seeing this for the first time. I also, I, I this is also a first time watch for me, but I, and I think I had always known about it, but just, this was like the time to see it and and i I, it's funny because like i think i had seen a lot of clips and like moments from it especially like you know like the blender kill like that's pretty that was like oh like that was was, that circulating that was from here or yeah yeah at least it was for me that's pretty cool i think for a time and yeah and like the pig mask was pretty iconic like that was an image i knew um but it's funny to think the guest, the follow-up to this, was yeah. pretty big for us, I yeah. think. Hmm. And it was like another version, kind of similar to this in a way where it's like, you think it's going to be one kind of movie as it's going along, but then it kind of takes a pivot. Mm. Oh, for sure, for something sure. Else. Heavy sense and it's like, I just... Had never seen, yeah, like heavy, yeah, like great yeah. score also. Like I had never seen anything like that. Ever. Yeah, I never seen anything like I, that. I missed your next when it first came out uh, because I remember it was very much marketed. Kind of a botched release. Yeah, well, it was very much marketed as purge exploitation. Like it felt like a purge knockoff from the ads. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because purge is what? Yeah, because you had the mask, you had the... Somewhere around there. It was like right around that same time. And I guess to a lesser extent, The Strangers as well. So I thought like, okay, it's another like masked home invasion. And I'd also seen... Creep. Yeah. And I'd also seen one of Adam Wingard's earlier films, Pop Skull, uh, at the Boston Underground Film Festival. And I was not a huge fan of that. Um, It was very much mumblecore with a C. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it annoyed... kind of reminded me of the people who annoyed me in, you know, studying film at Emerson. Um, so I, you know, I wasn't a fan of that, so I wasn't really going to seek out films that he had done. But what really, I think, drew me to it finally, which probably a few years after it came out, was the connection to Ty West. Because I had seen House of the Devil when that came out, and I loved that movie. Like, that was, mm. that was to me 
the signifier that, okay, stuff is happening in horror again. Because the 2000s were kind of a fallow decade in a lot of ways, at least as far as, like, mainstream horror goes. And here you have this movie that does that sort of grindhouse thing. Like, takes this whole... It's so good. Mm. I love that movie so much. Um, it's And it's such a daring movie structurally, too, because nothing happens in the entire second act of the film. You're just spending that entire time waiting for the thing to happen that you know is going to My happen. My joke it's about so that good. movie is, like, the majority of it is... Have you seen that Quentin Tarantino meme of him in that empty house just looking at shit? It's... Oh, yeah. The movie is, <laughs> like, the majority of that is that Tarantino meme shot in 35, and it's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, not to not to spoil the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, because, you know, it's anyone hard who's spoil that who has one, not seen it should see it. Right. Well, I'll say that it. I don't think it would work, like, anywhere near as well as it does if it weren't for Greta Gerwig's performance. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're not sold absolutely. on that character. Absolutely. She establishes and, like, the tone if you're not, thing. Oh, she does. And, like, if you're not invested in her when the thing that happens happens, then, you know, you're not going to be nearly as as invested in our main character. Because, oh, God, like, something really bad is happening to this main girl. And it's happening to her specifically... And it's just a waiting game for when worse. it happens. And then, of course, it happened. Yeah. But no, I love that movie when it came out. And I found out that Ty West was in Your Next, as well as A.J. Bowen, who was also in House of the Devil. And I don't remember if I'd seen The Sacrament yet when I'd seen uh, Your Next, which is a li- another one of Ty West's films. But that also has, in addition to A.J. Bowen... Amy Simons and Joe Swanberg and Caitlin Scheel, who are all in your next. So that got me much more excited to see this film. But I went in pretty much blind beyond knowing that and hearing some general positive buzz. So I didn't know like any of the twists going in. I didn't know where the story was going to go. Um, and oh, and of course I knew Barbara Crampton was in it because I grew up with no. Reanimator. But the other thing about growing up with that sort of horror thing is seeing an actor you love often means the movie is going to be terrible. Like if Dan, if Danny, Tre- like I love Danny Trejo, but if Danny Trejo gets top billing and it's not a Robert Rodriguez film, it's like, Oh, this yeah, is going to be, be awful. It's going to be garbage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Barbara Crampton yeah, being yeah, in it, yeah. you know, I love her, but it didn't necessarily mean it was going to be good. But seeing all these people who had been in these films that were sort of kicking off the wave of horror that we saw in the 2010s got me much more excited to see her next. And then I caught up with it and just told everyone that I knew that they had to watch this movie because it was still on Netflix mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. It seems like word of mouth and like streaming gave this a second life. Yeah, for sure. As it was just sort of like the break between its TIFF premiere in 2011 to its short theatrical run in 2013. It's just kind of like, you just don't see that that often with something that's very well liked. Yeah, I for once it hits festivals. I forgot that there was a gap between that initial show yeah, be- and when I it saw, was released. Yeah, because it was like, like on. I think on Letterboxd, it's like 2013, right? That's the year it's associated with. 2011. On Letterboxd, okay. it's on 2011. On, yes, it's but 2013. Then on streaming, it, 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 it's I was like, did I do I have the yeah. right fucking movie? 
I just like, is there it's another movie strange. with animal masks yeah. called You're Next? Like, what the shit? <laughs> and there, and there's another movie that we'll be doing this month, the Poughkeepsie Tapes, that is as a similar, hmm. you know, but even worse. Like, That's interesting. Even I, worse uh, situation. I completely forgot about it because I saw it so much later, you know, I didn't. Yeah, right. So I guess I must have seen The Sacrament by that point because that was 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen A Horrible Way to Die? I haven't, no. That's been, it's been yeah. on my shutter yeah. queue for years, but I have not seen it. That's the biggest horror movie nerd yeah, you've ever, thing you've ever seen. Um, it's been on my shutter queue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I also have a shutter. I'm not judging. I'm just saying. I gotta update my shutter. Sh- right. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. I'll, I'll cop to that. Yeah. Um, I would be humiliated if I didn't say that Sharni Vincent, if we're talking about mm. Cass, is quite remarkable in this. Um, a role that that really could have a lot of baggage if it were anyone else, but I feel like she gains a lot from being quite like an unknown presence and is like doing a lot with sort of like a role that's not as like expected for this for this kind of character. Um, and also was not brought to my attention by your next, but by being in the most recent season of Australian Survivor. Oh, that's huh. a bummer. Um, the first film to cover with an Australian. So she was on Survivor. Wow. That 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 was just for me. Oh, yes, that makes me That's really crazy. sad. That was, that was just for me. Yeah, not a not so, a very good player, but yeah, not. her career is just done. Yeah, not not too. Literally, too it's nothing. Much. It's nothing huh. outside of this. Yeah. I think I think it's a lot in Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Again, nothing. Australia. Um. Australian <laughs> projects are nothing. Yeah. Um, no, I mean it's just like okay, we could have someone in Australia listen yeah. to this. Oi! <laughs> yeah, right. At this very moment, they're like, I don't uh, I'm not going to attempt an accent. I'll give them what for. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I that is such a bummer to me. She's great. Their, their entire life she is just waking fright. And this might just time. because they're Australian women the and they're in a, and somewhat and they do action, but it's almost it, she her performance reminded me of or kind of made me think of like, what if Zoe Bell was just an action star? What yeah. if she was like, fuck the stunt yeah, no, shit, it, I'm mm. gonna be the lead of a film. Um, obviously two very different people, and they just don't, yeah they don't really look the same either, but just. I don't know. It, it kind of showed me the idea of... I also always just think Zoe Bell should just be, like, should have been, at some point, the star of her own movie. Um, she has yeah. the stuff, and it just never worked out. Um, I guess she was the star of her own movie in Death Proof, but that's, I guess, yeah, different. I guess, that, but yeah, but it's just that, though, which really is just like, yeah. why not more? Um, I think she's terrific. Uh, oh, for sure. Oh, uh, let me get Sharni Vincent here. She's like my favorite part of the film. Yeah. I mean, I think the filmmaking's great. Oh, for sure. Like she is incredible. Like playing such yeah, a layered I'm, character if, in, a, in a film that could that has a very big possibility of not being layered at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone in this film has, or at least half the cast, has right. such a layered performance, um, which is, you know, it's one of those rare films that's 
probably more fun to watch the second time around once you know all the twists and once you know who stands where. But no, I think any conversation about great final girls, um, you know, at least in the past 10 years, you have Absolutely. to include Aaron from this film. Absolutely. Because it's so great because at the beginning, you don't know anything about anyone. Like, obviously, that's how you start a film. But every, everyone, the information about them is just comes in in ribs and drabs. And so the second time around watching it, like, I I love watching, uh, I forget the actress' name who plays Z, the, the dirtbag Yeah, none girlfriend. of these actors are that, like, um, yeah, it's just you know, Wendy Glenn. I was trying to be like, well, what else have I seen them in? It's just like, oh, not much. Okay. Yeah, I mean, apart from the ones who are who we mentioned earlier, who are right, also exactly. filmmakers, who you're in pop up and things all over the place. Um, yeah, um, she definitely. Yeah, there's like almost it's like almost unknown about her. Like there's like almost no details that besides you just sussing out. Oh, she's a freak. Like I love the scene yeah. right before shit goes down. Be, and like watching her in that scene because you can tell like a she knows that everyone's about to die and b she's really into that like she can like barely and the first time you're watching it like oh she's just like a weirdo who likes watching people fight but that then you watch it again like oh no she's so psyched to watch ty west get shot in the head with a crossbow oh yeah she can't contain herself yeah because then it's just like that drop of like, oh yeah, like I've, I'm a part of like a uh, a survivalist family. It then clicks into place, even though it's the kind of tenacity that you don't really need that kind of backstory. It does fit where you're like, oh, it's just someone that has been having this upbringing yeah. that has has like contained this this need to protect. Yeah, I think the backstory is pretty crucial because that kind of becomes the premise of the film is what if this woman who is brought up in this crazy survivalist cult compound was dropped like somehow got her wires crossed and was in this home invasion horror movie and i guess that's part of why this probably flew under the radar for a lot of people at first because so much of what makes it good and interesting happens on the other side of the plot twists. And so much of the, what's good about it is watching the plot twists that it's hard to tell someone about it without really telling them anything, you know, of substance. And that's something that I run up against as a critic sometimes, like writing about Barbarian oh, was of very course, hard last of year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said at the beginning of my review, like, you should watch this movie. Please stop reading my review. And then throughout the rest of it, I would just try to find the themes that I want to talk about and find examples of those themes in the first 20 minutes. And I feel like that's probably what you would have to do with this film. I was not really writing at the time when that came out. Um, so whenever I tell people about yeah. it, it's just, it's usually when they say, give me a recommendation for something streaming. And I say, watch your next, don't, wa don't ask that's any so questions. Funny. And I remember I did, I told that to a friend once and they started watching it. And then just like every 15 minutes after that, I would just get a text That's like, so what funny. the fuck? That's so What funny. the fuck? <laughs> Listen, it is funny too. I did, I said that similar thing, like, thank me later, go and see the guest. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I was like, I had just seen it, told a friend in high school about it. 
And then he was like, what is that? <laughs> like, it was just sort of that confusion and like excitement. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it is funny. Um, also realizing uh, last 2021, yeah, 2021, when we did Horror Month, uh, we did another Adam Wingard, Simon Barrett. Oh, yeah. And Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. Not our first time yeah. discussing it. Uh, he's back. <laughs> uh, That's one of those movies that I revisit occasionally, hoping uh, that it's gotten better. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's fine. It's interesting. It's fine. Like, it's an interesting back. I think it gets good the more that it splits from the original premise, and it gets really yes. good in the oh, last, absolutely. like, five minutes, and then it ends right when it's supposed to be... <laughs> like, I wish they got to the house at the end of the second act. <laughs> it stops being good. at it like, when yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Whole, like, it's, the whole end it's of like, it is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I... Yeah. I wish they got to the house at the end of the second act, and they just, right. like, kept going and kept getting weirder um, from that. That's another where it's, like, you would be, like, 10% better if you weren't called Blair Witch. Right. And, it wa- and for a while, it wasn't. Right. Oh, yeah, right? that's like, right. Yeah, that was, it was, like, it was like the forest yeah. or like, something. Like, the woods. And I, yeah. yeah, and I was... Yeah, well, and I was psyched <laughs> about that, because, like, I love the Blair Witch Project. I love You're Next and The Guest. I think everyone was pretty psyched and about And then they just didn't do... I don't do... think there was anyone who was, like... Right. Mm. Right. I mean, I feel like it kind of has the same problem as Rob Zombie's Halloween, where it's mm. very good when it's not redoing yeah. the original, and then it grinds to a halt when it redoes the this, original. And if they just had... H2. And then if they just... Oscar, well, no, be I mean, careful, like, the zombie heads. Right. Oh, no. No, I, lo- I love Rob Zombie. Like, don't don't, okay. ma- don't make me out to be anti yeah. Like, I could easily come back on here and talk Lords of Salem, oh, because it, I it, think that, that movie's movie genuinely brilliant. Amazing. Even mm. though, I mean... Yeah. I, and yeah. Mm, I, I Sherry is a good actor. Um but sometimes has yeah. her limitations. Um <laughs> especially when she's wearing yeah. dreads. Uh that's like the one part of the movie where I'm just like <laughs> girl. No, no, no. You cannot be wearing those dreads. Sherry. Um no, I I agree. Like yeah, with the fir- and that's and that's why I hear the second Halloween zombie one is good. I haven't seen it. I hear the director's cut because it's, right. like, it's just not even close. Not really. It's like completely zombies. Thing. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, it's so funny. I remember going on like a lot of rants when we did the Adam or when we did the Blair uh, or the Blair Witch episode. I literally cannot remember what the rants were. I think at some time I wanted uh, <laughs> Simon arrested. You were really frustrated. With there was Simon. this comment he made. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I literally you did. There was this comment. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I remember say? that. that so yeah, because he was he was like backtracking a lot of like the the scripts and oh, that's right. And it's just like, oh, oh, wait, wasn't it something like I imagined Blair Witch to be? Oh, something like that. He made some obscene comparison where I'm just like, fuck you. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Literally no one likes you when you say shit like that. I, I, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like, you're justifying a movie that didn't work. Just go leave it at that. Don't add these extra (laughs) layers. You're like, well, actually this was all intended. It did not, you did not intend this to suck. And it kind of sucked. It was good for half. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, and did he... Did he go on to write 
the gods That'd be pretty damning if you did. I don't no. think so. I mean, Wingard directed Godzilla vs. Kong. Yes. Um, okay, he's writing the next one. Okay. The New Empire. Okay, that's next Yeah, one. I mean, Interesting. I'll admit to loving those movies, but, you know, for different reasons than I love Your right. Next and The Guest. Like, those movies are brilliant. And I think, and it's a bummer because, like, such a huge part of what makes your next great is the script like it's such a smart script that you know in a genre that could not that could easily not be smart like every character Mm -hmm. is so well sketched um you know it's almost like you take the cast of a wes anderson film and drop them into this movie like whenever people (laughs) talk about the you know snl wes anderson like Midnight Coterie um, of Intruders. Intru- yeah, every, people yeah, say like, "Oh man, I wish they made yeah. this movie." I'm like, "No, they did make that movie. It's called <laughs> Your Next." <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone in the movie, like, apart, dear homeowner, can we invade you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you no, you may not. <laughs> Sincerely, the homeowner. In theaters this Halloween. Comes a new vision of horror like you've never seen before. From the twisted mind of Wes Anderson, it's the Midnight Coterie of Sinister Intruders, starring Owen Wilson as a man in danger. Wow, what the heck? There's a bunch of crazy people standing in our yard. Hey, hon, I think we're about to get murdered. And his terrified wife, Gwyneth Paltrow. You don't say. Well, I'm on my way. In the face of unspeakable evil. Yeah, look at them all. There's a guy with a meat cleaver and an old record player. One's carrying a falcon. They're twins in matching track suits. Hey, look at that. Why, that's Danny Glover. Hello. A tale of handmade horror. Hey, they've sent us some kind of communique. Dear homeowner, can we kill you? The murderers. Dear murderers, no, you may not. The homeowner. The story of one determined father. Hey, kids, come on, let's go to the panic room. And his two precocious children. We have to protect ourselves or we'll die. Quick, let's gather all our weapons. Rock hammer, Swiss army knife, slingshot, firecracker, ship in a bottle, protractor, picture of Edith Piaf, assault rifle, little flag. Darn. We should have left sooner. With Tilda Swinton as the town constable. Hey, wow, we're saved. Who here are the murderers? I see. The New York Times calls it, you had me at Wes Anderson. And Fangoria Magazine says, Defa? Owen Wilson, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelica Houston, Jason Schwartzman, Adrian Brody, a stop-motion mouse, and Alec Baldwin as the narrator, the midnight coterie of sinister intruders. Rated G. But every everyone in this movie, apart from Aaron, and I guess to a lesser extent Z, 
is just such a rich shithead. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite genres is rich shitheads Absolutely. dying in a house. It, it's a classic. It's a classic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a great way how they kick off. Uh, and the, the inciting incident is just so brilliant to me, where it's like the classic family get-together and discreetly but also confrontationally taking each other down yeah <laughs> like with like the like the Aaron and Crispin relationship it's is like really like you know it's it's something where it's like you can feel that tension and then they have to like work together as so as soon as like the window is broken is like very well done yeah like, um has anyone seen Bay of Blood by chance, the Mario Bava movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw that Simon Barrett um, cited it. Um, was was citing it as a as an as a major. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. like. I think as much as Black Christmas, I think Bay of Blood could be cited as like slash. Oh no shit! I gotta see it then. Why have I not seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like it's like yeah. I mean, it's it's like the Giallo. At like strain of the slasher movie lineage. Yeah, it's like the Jalo. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Mario Baba. I'm slasher. fucking yeah. stupid. Yeah. So. I can never. I I always pause when everyone whenever anyone asks me if I've seen a given Mario Baba movie, just because every Mario Baba movie has a million fucking names. <laughs> yeah, and he's made so many movies. Yeah. Too, like, okay. like I think I I think Bay of Blood is also. Is, it's on shit, Canopy, Tubi, and Free now Free. I actually have to look it up. I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing about all these old horror movies is that they're very readily streaming. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's Bay of Blood that was also released as Carnage. And there's an incredible trailer from the 70s for Bay of Blood as Carnage because it's just like this groovy organ music and this like overlaid skull and like the word Carnage just flashing on the screen. And it doesn't tell you a single thing about the movie, but... It's one of my favorite trailers ever made. Um, But no, I can definitely see where Bay of Blood and the Jalo films in general could definitely have influenced your next. Mm -hmm. Especially the score. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The score is so good. (laughs) And it was was in one of the earlier scenes where it wasn't that pronounced as it will eventually get. It was like a dun, 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 dun. It was like a very much like a repeating noise yeah um, it's like whoa this is actually pretty tense um and the the initial like images that that the um like i think it's amy who's like bleeding out in oh, front yeah. of um, rob moran it's like pretty striking like it really doesn't build up to much of a um to much of a scare and that's a part of and i if i remember like that's a part of the guess like strength as well like when it does arrive at its brutality um it manages to 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 do it efficiently to to like really he knows when to make shit upsetting and i think that's a really important part of operating within this genre because i do yeah i guess what doesn't do that blair witch I just want you all to know how much it means to us that you're all here. Thanks to mom and dad. Beautiful. Just a perfect day. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee for thy food and help us to do our part 
with kind words and loving deeds. Amen. Amen. What is that? I think that was I think that was definitely one of the beats where my friend texted me what the fuck is when Amy hits the wire. And that's also one of those scenes that's so great to on the rewatch because Felix and Crispin are both like, Yes, we believe in you. Open the door and run as fast as you can. When you're operating in this genre, I think it's a it's a big mistake when you get too casual with the violence or just like, eh, another dude dead, what are you gonna do? And you move on. Have that like if have it be upsetting like don't be don't let us become numb right to it because mm-hmm. then you're losing any of the juice right and i think yeah wingard's fantastic right i mean that. yeah like yeah. you know in most like you know friday the 13th movies someone dies and then someone walks in on them and they're just like lying there with a knife in them or whatever but later on mm-hmm. when um Barbara Crampton's character dies and they go back in the room, it looks like a crime scene. Like there's blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's one of sort of the more subtle aspects of the film is the violence feels real. Like it never feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, horror movie splatstick violence. Right. Even when Aaron has the upper hand against, um, was it like Fox and like the, uh, the criminals yeah. that are um, hired. It's it's like you don't feel like they're powerless now, right? Like it's it's like she's no longer. No, that's not. Um, she's no longer just the prey. No, she becomes the predator. She it, becomes it could the be predator. That, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it just doesn't like fully. Some, like I don't know it's it's like they're still sure, they're scary yeah but she is, is like the, but like the, it's I lo- yeah. the reason I love yeah. this movie is because it's almost like you're seeing a you're seeing something almost scarier be born you're almost you're seeing something even more mm. frightening and more lethal and more um upsetting be kind of like originating in front of your eyes you're seeing like a psychopath like it's because I think it's 
I think it's in that moment when she's beating that dude's head in multiple, multiple times with the back of that meat, like meat pounder or whatever, and blood keep, and she just keeps hitting him. It's like her survivalist background does not explain that. That's something within her, mm-hmm. and that is a fucking right. devil yeah. being let out. And it's and by the end, yeah. she just when she says why not, she is like becoming that devil. It's a, a fantastic kind of switch of just like, no, we're not seeing someone survive an incident. We're seeing something be born from this incident. Something, something almost, yeah, something like terrifying. Yeah. And I, I love those scenes too, because they, it's another thing where it sort of subverts the things that we've come to expect from a slasher movie. Like we see these menacing guys in these, you know, blank white masks and even though it's not a supernatural film, we kind of expect them to be these unkillable boogeymen. And then they yeah, just then eat shit. Quite easily. Like she kicks, yeah, yeah, she kicks them in the nuts mm-hmm. and they double over and say, ooh, like. Yeah, holds them like laundry. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's such um, a great subversion of, you know, the home invasion genre. It's such, a, it's such an interesting way to be like this event just like rewired something in her brain like this is this is the thing that made it click in place like i am i am capable of of, of like removing empathy for myself yeah uh but it's and i and i saw some some letterbox writings like you can almost look at this as a dark comedy oh it's absolutely it a dark some, comedy. I, it's very funny even though even though it's not comedic, right. it's still funny. It's like situational humor. Oh, yeah. No, I, I um, think of it as much of a yeah, comedy as it is I a agree. horror movie. Like, totally. The, see, the scene where... The guest is also very funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't look at a movie that has the fuck me next to your dead mom scene and yeah. not have... Yeah, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never want to do anything interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Absolutely. so much. Understandable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like that's not a fair criticism. Like they're still having these couples arguments even in the middle of all this. <laughs> or how about when Z is like, "Oh yeah, I'll just hang another board up," and and she's like about to take a <laughs> swing at Aaron. Yeah, and, and then she starts like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. It's just <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, um, and even like going back to the initial scenes where people where everything's where the shit's hitting the fan. And they're trying to figure out why their cell phones aren't working. And Felix is like, oh, it must be a jammer. You can get them super easy. And uh, Drake, the Joe Swanberg character, even though he even though he's dying, he's like, God damn it. I know you're a low life. Yeah. <laughs> like they can't put away their sibling rivalry, even in the middle of all yeah. this. They can't stop being dicks for one second. Oh, oh my gosh. yeah. Um, yeah. And the, scene, and the scene when he's like getting clipped with all those like nails and like flyers in his stomach like why won't you die yeah. <laughs> you think this is really hard for me too because it's like oh is he being <laughs> yeah this is really hard for me too like like then you start to wonder like is he empathetic but he's like no he's just frustrated he can't kill the son of a bitch yeah no they all they all suck <laughs> yeah. and that's the greatest yeah, part yeah, of the yeah, movie yeah 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 like no one is empathetic yeah like because that's that's the that's the that's the unusual part uh in the unexpected part with aaron that like when she does like take a mallet to the head, she, like usually it's just like the character is like overwhelmed with tears and emotion. Like I can't do that. Like it's but then like just to see that removed is She's, like, like so casual. So it is right. Well, I mean that's um, just to 
Well, I mean, yeah. that's the thing that they didn't take into account is that this woman, like, was raised to be an Australian Terminator. That is the funniest fucking sentence <laughs> right. I've ever heard. She was raised to be an Australian Terminator. <laughs> that needs to be on uh, my tombstone, right. at least. <laughs> yeah, several Christmas. Because you suddenly realize that she's supposed to be in this, you know, exploitation. uh you know, survivalist horror movie, but somehow she's been put into this mansion with all these preppy, you know, people trying to pull off this crime and like, oh shit, we're not prepared for this character from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bit of ready or not. Oh yeah. No, that that's another classic of the rich assholes dying in a, in a mansion mm-hmm. genre. Yeah. I, I really love those moments too, when they kind of like the movie kind of stops and pauses and like focuses on how, She's reacting to the situation, and there's and we how every, and it's so just you know the, the contrast is so fucking crazy between her and the family with how cool, calm, and collected she is. I mean, there's that line where um, right, uh, Crispin, such a douchey name, I love it, um, and he's like, yeah. I've never seen you act like this before, or some something along those lines, and it's truly like, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> like, she is fucking on it. She knows exactly what to do, and she is, like, completely built for this situation. Like, she was, you know, like, she's been waiting for it her whole life. Um, it's... Right. Yeah, those are the... Those, like, beginning moments, and then you still not... You don't really understand why she's so good at killing people and why she's so calm and trying to figure that out. Those kind of... Even though, of course, like, the like when the twist happens, it's great. I really do like that building of mystery and that build... in that... It keeps you on your feet. You're still, like, more surprised by what she does. I think because, like... Right. Right. Well, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, the same thing as watching Z in the earlier scene. Because you can tell that something is going on with these characters, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And then when it's explained, like, oh, right. it all right. makes sense. Right. But you're also just, like, you're... But I guess you're also... You're still continually surprised by her actions you're still like whoa why is she like you're still surprised by the steps that um she's taking and what she knows and what she doesn't or like what she knows and what she um what she how she thinks how she strategizes it's like you're still you keep getting surprised and surprised and surprised by what um uh aaron does so when the twist happens wow it's great it's almost more of just like yeah of course she'll set up the camp like it kind of all of her actions make more sense uh, and, like, you're not surprised right. by what she does or how she knows what to do in some of those moments. It's still great, but I, I do love that part of the film. Just being continuously kind of, you know, almost just, like, at you know in awe of, like, how, what, is she, what is this woman doing? Yeah, and it's great because it never feels like she's improvising. It feels like she's been trained for these specific situations. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just all these things where it's, like, how would you think to do that? Like, you know, telling everyone yeah. to hold up the chairs as a shield. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that's brilliant, but it's like, how did you think of that at the spur of the moment? And then you realize, like, oh, she was probably trained for this specific situation. And then, like, once you get to the end, and then Christmas is like, but it was all worth it, right? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then she's, like, in shock and horror of, like, I could have died but it was if this is anyone else but me i love who has these instincts 
yeah, I love Crispin. <laughs> that's another great moment of Yeah, I, I love Crispin in yeah. that entire scene because he's just oh, the... Like, he he clears Christian from Midsummer as just, like, the douchiest oh, horror totally. movie boyfriend. Oh, just, like, every <laughs> single thing out of his mouth yeah. in that scene. Oh, it's pure garbage. Um, Especially, like, you're you're really... Yeah. We didn't realize you'd be good at so good at killing people, which, by the way, really, is kind of so weird. so many lines like that. He, that really... And <laughs> that's such a probably hard scene for him, too, because... On, on one hand, like, Aaron, she has to kind of, she has to stay, like, you know, like a statue and have some moments of emotion, but is, like, kind of not, can't really give him anything to totally work off of besides just those, you know, like, really, like, um, uh, dry lines of delivery of, yeah, I killed him, I killed her too. And he has to really go in and just kind of, he has to, I mean, the whole idea is he's talking himself out of being killed um and he (laughs) really thrives in how fucking slippery and slimy he is in those moments it's and like yeah but it's great because he's not talking himself out of being killed like he's begging for his life he's talking himself out of being killed like a shitty boyfriend which is what makes that scene right and he keeps always trying and there's like like that split kind of put like i get it totally i understand for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. like he's asked, like, where's Z? And, like, where's my brother? And I'm like, you know, I killed him with a blender and I, kill, and I killed her, too. He's like, understandable. Understandable. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, because for him, it's still kind of the relationship movie right. that it was in the first right. act. Right. Yeah. And then there's, like, that split second where you alm- you're worried that she might go along with it. But then, of course... She has to kill him. Uh, AJ Bowen, uh, Clay, and I are huge Billy Magnuson fans, and has sort of that, you know, sleazy. Yeah, they look quite different, but I, I, I see the comparison. I could, yeah, you could definitely yeah. see AJ Bowen mm, play yeah. the No Time to Die role. Billy Magnuson did just like the kind of <laughs> yeah. like you know the person who you who's just obviously gonna turn on you snarky. and you're gonna hate for the rest of the movie but at, at the beginning you're just kind of like <laughs> yeah. i kind of i i like to dislike you yeah 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 you want to be surprised he won't turn on you right i mean um, it is still the like you th- you know that he sucks from the beginning but it is such a surprise when he comes when he calls because you think that he's just a coward. Yes. Yeah. Like. Yeah. No, the movie does a good job of, of making ice for me. Like, yeah. I, I forgot about. Or like maybe he died. About. Like you don't know what happened mm-hmm. to him from the moment that yeah. he leaves to the moment that. He doesn't loom large over the Right. Exactly. Like you kind of forget about him. He was just the guy who sucked at the beginning and now he's gone and we have to deal with what is left. But yeah, and it's such a gut punch when she picks up the phone. And at that moment, it's like, oh, of course he was in on it. Right, right, right. It, it, um, yeah, it's it's this idea of like, oh, ah, shoot. He must not be involved. Like, I love the boyfriend, but I was nervous to meet the family. Like, surely he must have no idea what was going on. And then he was confused. Honestly, like, like I'm joking, but it's like that would have been not out of the ordinary for this movie right like to be like what's going on 
I had no idea. Like, are you okay? Like, just to see, like, because the movie is very smart about right. itself and obviously is so knowing uh, in so many ways where it's like, that would be kind of... Right, it, it would like it would have not been out of character with the film if he mm-hmm. did turn out to just be a coward, if he did turn out to be, like, hiding in the car this entire time. Yeah. I mean, I also do love the axe trap because it is, like, the Chekhov's mm-hmm. gun for the entire, like, end of the film. Is And it, everyone's like, okay, I'm coming inside. And then they all come through the window and you're just waiting for that axe to go off. Yeah, and it's the cop. And then, you know, it finally does. And then it, and then it's the punchline at the end. Which is it? Yeah, that's that's an interesting like little hiccup to the film is that at the end she gets shot by a cop. Like that that was the one thing I'm just like wasn't mm, yeah. expecting that. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's inter- But I also think that kind of goes to my point of, well, if the cops coming in there and sees that. It's kind of implied in the end credits that, like, maybe they think she did this all. Like, Um. it's hard because, but that idea of that she now is, like, absolutely a killer. And one, and killed him for the joy of it. Really, like, or the satisfaction, at least. Like, I don't even think she was angry anymore. She was just tired. And, like, I just want this to be over. And I don't, like, I don't want to hear you talk anymore. So I'm going to kill you. Um... I really, I do love mm-hmm. this idea of that. It's like almost like she's like a slasher villain being created. Um, in that, and you can kind of see it at the point where mm-hmm. it's like, you om- you almost start seeing the perpetrators more than you start seeing her at some point. Like you you get more cuts back to um, uh, Z and uh, fucking what's his name, Felix. Felix. Very much like a Felix. You cut yeah. back to them, and you kind of, and you cut back to like the dude searching the houses and stuff like that. Um, it's it becomes more of she is the she is the slasher villain. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, she's this character from this other movie that somehow got ported into this one, and everyone has to uh, you know accommodate it's a for that. Idea, because because no oh, one's sure. ever gonna think when they're watching this, like you know what. I know her backstory. Survivalist kid. Came from an Australian (laughs) compound. Got it. I'm firing on all cylinders here. I also think there's... It can... A lot of the movie can easily be read as, like, sort of a post-Bush satire of, like, the climate at that time. Because you have... Yeah, you have the family who made their money for this... Military contractor. uh, You know, weapons manufacturer. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, we get that line about the killers having served together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, she were brought up in this presumably right-wing survivalist, like, Y2K compound. Yeah, those Australian, um, those Aussies are nuts, by the way. I, I just want to say, if you, like, yeah. I mean, we're also nuts, and so, and there's, and that country is probably a little less nuts than us. But if you compare them to other countries as well, they're fucking nuts. They're nuts. They like because those compounds exist because it's also yeah. a smaller, smaller landmass, less people, and you're surprised with just like how fucking crazy some of them are. Uh, mm. I mean, like, exploitation, like you know, movies from Australia are a different cut of film. 
Yeah. Like they're like they are those movies are the craziest guy in the room when you watch them. I mean, even like the Mad Max films are like, you know, America has like Dirty Harry and then they come up with the weirdest fucking version of that. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's so this doomsday prepper like ideology is like still prevalent in Mm -hmm. today's society. Oh, yeah, But for it's sure. interesting, though, because I think those people don't even become survivalists anymore. They just become QAnon. Like, it's a different, like, those same kind of crazies mm. just don't go, don't, they don't make it. I know, what right? Like they, the I was, <laughs> I'm ready for, I was prepared yeah. for Biden's America. No, um, I, I, I think it's funny, though, that, I mean, yes, doomsday prepping is still for sure popular, but. I bet it goes downhill because it just feels like that kind of that same kind of paranoia and fucking insanity is basically now QAnon takes like hold of that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of had to give that up during COVID because the survivalists were also the ones anti-vaccine. Like, OK, if the deal right. was survival then you do the thing to make you survive. I, I wound up, when I reviewed A Quiet Place Part 2, I pretty much, like, took out all of my frustration about that on A Quiet Place Part 2 as, like, this image of the prepper fantasy versus what we were all actually experiencing. Mm. But I do think, like, it does work to the film's advantage that she is Australian in the film because I think that right. had she been an American the prepper, I feel take. like... We would have been able to say, "Oh, like, She's oh, like a yeah, exactly." Anti-government, the... like libertarian, right? And like we, and, and, I don't know enough about you know what goes on in Australian survivalist compounds to know that they are doing something different. But it at least seems plausible that this is a different thing, and that she's from a for real, like hardcore thing. And I think that's what's really crucial to her character is that we know mm. that she had this very, very real training. You know, she's essentially as trained as these killers who are special ops or whatever they were. Um, so it's interesting, like, to see her keep the accent, mm. which I, I know is a weird thing. It's, like, I knew she was Australian and... And, like, that not only is something that isn't important for her to to then be American, but it then, like, her Australian identity plays into the character. For sure. It's like, it, t- it took me by uh, surprise as this could, this could just not have that. Right. Plus, you have um, that great scene early on yeah. with uh, Drake and Kelly where Kelly was like, that accent is so That's annoying. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah I, I keep going back to Drake and Kel because like they're just the shit. They're, a, they're like the shittiest rich people and B, they're not even killer. Like they're not even the ones who are, you know, orchestrating this thing. Like they just suck. Like that scene, yeah. <laughs> the scene where he's saying like, oh, why aren't you doing commercials? Oh, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think commercials oh, are yeah. hard. Oh, that's the so good. Oh, it's, it's, I, that's only um, why I watch television now. Yeah, that, yeah. the highest. Peak. Yeah, it's like literally yeah, like who like, like if, I, you, if you ask so them on the street who sucks, like what people sucks. I'm like, uh, the people who love commercials. Yeah. Ding ding ding. Here they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm sure like all of those directors were like adding in their own 
conversation yeah. topics I, about like what family has said to them. Yeah, like, that, I, that must have been a perfect. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Swanberg was just improvising that, like whatever he knew would need all the rest of the actors in that scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Um, especially as like, like you know, Amy Simons will go on to make movies and. Uh, um, Ty West will go on to like direct like I think television right and it's like it's interesting to see like where everyone is in their careers in 2010 2011 and then to see like what they'll go on to do it's yeah that is yeah I guess it's still it's probably still happening yeah she especially has directed a lot of television since then yeah right yeah yeah, and then then we get to the um, um, you know who's another performance that I really like is Rob Moran. Oh yeah, as like kind of like the shit daddy. <laughs> yeah. like actually does get some like like sort of like the dad who thinks that he knows better. Yeah, it's like played very well, and of course, like him coming from comedy is like pretty smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he, I feel like he could be like the American prepper character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, totally. I'll take care of this. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, Dad's going to check out for the monsters. Yeah. And like, yeah. It's such a. It's like that's very sad. That kind of character is very satisfying. It's like the the head of the family. Yeah. It's just instantly done. Yeah. Like, it's so it's so satisfying. Um. But. <clears throat> It's one of those things where it's like, I don't, I can't think of many other home invasion thrillers from the decade that manages to pull off this much, like, excite, but like, it doesn't run out of steam. No. At any point. It just kind of like is consistently. Well, it keeps like adding a new thing. Like, not necessarily a plot twist, but a new, like, a new element or a new spin mm-hmm. on things. It's like when yeah. you learn that Felix and Z are in on it, when you learn that Aaron is mm-hmm. survivalist. Um, yeah. And, like, every few minutes, like, there's this new piece of information that makes you sort of reconsider everything that you've seen already. And not in, like, an M. Night Shyamalan kind of way, but in yeah. a way that it's like, oh, it's okay. It's more of a reveal than a twist. Exactly. Exactly. That's a yeah, perfect yeah, word for yeah. it. Um, because uh, if there's something that comes close, it's the um, uh, it's the Mike Flanagan movie Hush. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's like that's like another yeah. good home invasion. It's like yeah. there's a thing that is being dealt with, but also there's an intruder. Yeah. Right? And even the things that you don't even really wrap your head around until you think back, like the opening kill, the Larry Fessenden and Mm -hmm. Caitlin Scheel, like after a while you kind of think, like even when you learn about the plan, you think like, wait, what was that about? What, like, was that just a pre-credits thing? And then you realize that they're killed to set this up as a series of random attacks. You know, they kill them first, and then they write your next, and then they go on to this next house. And the, the title, Your Next, is right. essentially Absolutely. a red herring. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, as a former record store clerk, I would be remiss if it, if I did not shout out Looking for the Magic by the Dwight Twilley Band. Like, that's, it's such a perfect needle drop. And the way that it just signifies, like, 
you hear that like, oh, they're going back to the first place again because the disc is on repeat. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few clever needle drops in here that's like trying to signal to you that yeah, like Yeah, you you hear it like fade up on the soundtrack, like, oh, yeah. they're coming up on the neighbor's house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Every year I try to make like a tight twenty track Halloween mix. And my favorite one that I ever did, I opened with a clip that I found of some old Halloween record with Boris Karloff introducing I guess like audio from scenes from different horror movies. But it ends with him saying like Join me for these magic moments of terror. And then I just cut from that instantly into the opening bars of Looking for the Magic. Yeah, it's. I, I think what, the scene that I find kind of most interesting, especially after the twist, is once, um, I don't know if it was Pig Mask or whoever the fuck, um, once he takes that axe to Kelly's head, like a golf swing, um he gets this like i don't know how else to say this but it's like he's coming like the way he (laughs) acts and he's like breathing a lot and he's just like (sighs) like really like and it's not out it does not sound like he's tired it sounds like he's excited and he just like sits down and kind of looks this Mm -hmm. way it's almost interesting where it's like yes they are not like serial killers but they're still, like, sociopaths. Right, like, they right. signed up for this. Like, they're not not psychopaths. But, they're just not the psychopaths that we right. thought they were like for the, the beginning of the, the film. The animal mask thing is bullshit. But, I mean, they also just really like killing people. Even, like, innocent women. Where yeah. they just, he does, yeah, golf swing to the head with an axe. And he's, like, fucking ejaculating in his pants. Um... And those like yeah. scenes, especially after that twist, is really interesting because you're just like, because it's adding these like, almost hypocrisies to it. Like, yes, they're doing it for the money, but they're also pretty. They're pretty much just as fucked up as any serial killer. I mean, if you have oh, yeah. any sexual mm-hmm. pleasure while killing people, you're a serial killer. Like, or fucking whatever. Like, that's that's. That's the thing. That's just the thing. And then you think about what they must have done right, right, in Iraq right. or Afghanistan or wherever they had served. Um, if I can Absolutely. go off on a brief tangent, that reminds me of when I saw Hostel 2 in the theater. Or no, it was the first Hostel. Uh, my friends and I were waiting in line and we were talking about, you know, the movie or whatever. And the guy in front of us turns around and says like, yeah, I love watching these kind of movies given my line of work. And we're like, what's your line of work? And he he literally whips out a military ID and he says, like, military police, I'm shipping back to, to Iraq next week. And it completely overshadowed the movie for me. Like, I had to, like, I didn't, I had to watch it again to, like, take it in because i'm watching hostel with the movie hostel sitting right in front of me so wait what's what I, I don't know the plot point of hostel what the fuck is he talking about i think he's just talking about torture like he hadn't seen the movie at that point because <laughs> that's like the torture porn movie yeah you think he was kidding <laughs> i don't really because that's a weird fucking... Even if he is kidding, that's still a weird fucking thing to say Absolute to a stranger at a movie, movie. theater. Um, 
And also, he he showed us well, his ID. Oh, I don't doubt he was military police, but it was one of those things where he's right. like, you know, the military, yeah. we're always torturing people. Like, he thinks he's in on the joke. Right. But, no, no, I didn't, that, I didn't get that vibe from him. Military police? What, is he torturing our own yeah. soldiers? What the fuck? I don't know. He's... It was, a, must, it was it a was a weird time in America. I would be shitting my <laughs> yeah. pants. I'd maybe actually leave the movie theater. Yeah, I would actually be like, you know what? Yeah. I think I'm leaving. <laughs> Another day. And then Another and then we got into the theater it. and like he sat right in front of us and one of my friends you know was in the bathroom so he didn't see and he came came back and sat next to us and he's like you know what's really fucked up is watching a movie like this for ideas and we're like he's right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's like crazy. The right? right. No, it's it's exactly yeah, that. Yeah. It was wow. yeah. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah, no. The bu- the bush years were a hell of a time. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um and of course like when this comes out we're only in the first like Obama presidency and it's like right. still recovering from that. Yeah. And, no, it's um, you can definitely feel the specter of those years in this film and just some of those throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and the throwaway lines are cute. It's like not, not politicized. It's not the right word. It's not, um, well, it's not blatant, but it's, it's definitely hard, it's there. Not blatant. It's, yeah, yeah. 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 And like it's, watching it at the time, you sort of take it in like, Oh, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost, it's almost like, you know, we, we sometimes talk about uh, time being very kind to movies mm-hmm. as like, yes, they were under, they could be understood or misunderstood at their time, but rather like they've begun to gain a new, a new meaning over time. And this is an example um, as like, we of course could interpret it as like the movie has, has ideas, but mm. it's like, oh, now it's just like, it's more worth it to investigate like, oh, right. That did. That did have more meaning. Yeah. Give it credit for. No, I mean, it. like I said, it's a great screenplay. It's one of those, mm-hmm. like, one of my tests for horror movies a lot of times is would, like, could I see a movie about these characters in this situation that is not a horror movie? Like, could I imagine mm-hmm. this movie continuing? Oh, that's interesting. That's an interesting but, idea. But, right, like, you know, if they didn't shoot those arrows through the window, if we've if just Ty, stuck with these Ty characters in this situation. In, in, like, you know, it was still together. It was still, you know. Exactly, exactly. Like, it would still be a good movie. Like, it would still probably Sounds be higher. this right. wicked black comedy. You know, all of these characters would have worked. These performances would have worked. And it's no less a movie for being a horror Yeah, movie. I, 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 I agree. Um, I, I, the, I think my only issue is yeah. sometimes, I don't know, the tonal shifts can be a little much and, not much, but can be jarring. And there, I, I, I think, I don't think all the actors are actually that great. Like, I think the actress who plays Kelly is not super good. Yeah, I mean, she... She's definitely the most forgettable character as well as um, actor, yeah. I, I think some of the the dialogue is a... Sarah Myers. Right. And I think she some of the dialogue is a bit on the nose just speech. with... Like, the commercial thing's really funny because that's, like, that's like particular, but it feels true. And it doesn't feel like a, a thing anybody could have written. Um, but... 
yeah, I don't know. There, there are some lines where I'm just like, okay, I get it. Um, but no, I mean, most, most of, for the very much the most part, it's all just really engaging and like funny or like feels completely natural to the characters. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, it's really solid. I don't, do we think it's just the time it came out or the, like, the lack of, like, a style, like, a distinct style It wasn't more regarded? Because I feel like it's it's well-liked, but not of the top shelf of, like, 2010s work. Well, I feel like it came out, like, just before the so-called wave of right. elevated horror, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when critics started really... I think really... we cited the Babadook as kicking like really putting a point in that yeah i I would probably i might go back a year earlier and say it follows is when you saw actually i think that's a year after if i'm not mistaken oh maybe oh yeah i think or maybe actually i might be confusing actually since they're both you might be right no you you are you are right you are right no uh well theatrically i think babadook was 14 and it follows was 15 you are right on that yeah um but it was yeah it was definitely that period where it's like wait, yeah. this horror movie is good? And then the next year, like, oh, another <laughs> horror movie is good? And I think... Wait, there could be more than one. Right. And you had, like, The Babadook and It Follows playing these serious film festivals, and then The Witch the year after that. And I think that yeah, had, uh, it, yeah. had It Follows come out, you know, during that cycle and had it gotten more of a quote-unquote straight festival release... Um, I think it might have been taken a little more seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, to me personally, like I said, House of the Devil was the thing that really, uh, you know, maybe sit up and take notice. Like, oh, okay, maybe horror is back. Was that well? That was well received at its time. House of the Devil, yeah. I mean, not yeah, yeah. not yeah, like it wasn't a crazy, mainstream but yeah, success, it was, but yeah. but but I do remember that critics who I would not have expected to give a film like House of the Devil a good review, gave it a good review, and that sort of piqued my curiosity at the time. Yeah. Because, like, you can see this just doing straight up much better now. Oh, for sure. Like, Bloody Disgusting was the one that was pushing this to getting a release, and it's, like, it's such a weird, like, a unique thing for... I mean, it's so, you know, obviously it's the way that films are marketed is so different. But right. To, to see like a publication like that um, really voice this, this movie. Um, uh, yeah. And then like we cite the witch and the witch, like when we cover that, you know, it's like, we'll we'll, we'll discuss like playing that in Sundance 2016 really was like, this is the, like, I remember, I remember it like, this is the scariest movie ever. Mm. Like this is, this is like having its, its moment. Um, but yeah, and then you have like what Bob Eggers does with, with that movie and then like it, it's kind of it's kind of like its own unique identity from there. Um, it's like the idea that this one would this this is like just a super solid like not it's it's like it's subversive but not so where it gets annoying either. Right. Like, it's not yeah. like, you know, Scream, where it's... Yes. It's yeah. not, like, pointing to itself as, 
No, they don't reference a single movie. horror it's just movie. It's like, a clever in movie. Like it's not. Yeah, right, 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 right. Right. Yeah, they're not. They don't just like immediately go. Yeah, like, it's, it's like we're in a horror movie or some shit. Right. Which there was definitely a long period after Scream where you could. It felt like you weren't allowed to do a horror movie oh, without doing so that. Awful. That sounds like literally the fucking yeah. worst time to be a horror fan. <laughs> It, yeah. it was, as a matter of fact, because that was exactly the moment when I was really getting into horror. It's like, oh, I missed it. I guess I just have to catch up on what was released before. Yeah, that, sound, that sounds uh, uh, awful. I just hate that shit so bad. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds um, like torture. Yeah, yeah. It, that, hey, the, the, real, the real torture porn is <laughs> exactly. horror. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I can't really get too mad at, you know the term elevated horror because like obviously it's a shitty term and obviously it does imply that horror is not as good as other genres but i don't agree with the people who say that you know this is as good a time as any other you know speaking of the 2010s or what have you because having come of horror age in like the late 90s early 2000s it is not always the case like, that was a dire time. And if, like, if I had been a teenager at a time when, like, Hereditary had come out in theaters or, like, like if The Lighthouse had come out in theaters when I was a teenager, I would have right. been Absolutely. bouncing off the fucking walls. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, I don't know if elevated horror is the best term for what happened in horror in the 2010s, but I think there does need to be a term and you know, for better or for worse, that's the one that stuck. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I because because there were, I mean, of course, like we see it past the twenty tens into now, like a twenty four, um, putting out lots of horror that was like more patient, um, psychological than than we've seen previously. It then got it to be like that. That it then like got this reputation online of like, oh, it's an A twenty four horror, right? Not like, <laughs> not like a, a Robert Eggers horror, or right? Like that. It's it's so I, like that whole phenomenon of like catching on to like A twenty four as as like a tag as like like that's their identity, right? It's really like, exhausting. Um, yeah. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, what it's makes really exhausting. I know. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's also interesting to me watching what's happening now because I do feel like the 2010s in horror are kind of an echo of the 1970s in horror where we have this Mm. boom of both really cool and boundary-pushing independent horror films and actually good uh, studio horror films like The the Exorcist in the 70s. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. And it's interesting to me because now I feel like what we're seeing is sort of an echo of the 1980s in horror where you have these boundary-pushing horror films and you have these movies that are not as good trying to capture what those films were doing. Like now you have like, you know, Antlers or Halloween Ends or stuff like that where you can tell they're trying to sort of cash in on this way at least insidious exactly yeah 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 
the red the neck the red door yeah 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 so it's interesting yeah. to me see how we're cycling through this again uh-huh. so i'll be interested yeah to see where it has goes. there been something great this year a great horror i mean talk to me was really good talk oh talk yeah. to me that's right yeah and of course skin uh, rink too yeah skin yeah, yeah which have you seen any men yeah 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 that was really something yeah i need to see that again yeah, I, I I liked I liked Aeneas Men more than Skin of Rank, actually. Yeah. Uh, just I just I, I think it's just the daytime. Right. Like it freaks me out. Yeah. I haven't um, the folk horror thing. I've been uh, bad on like modern horror. Like when I mean modern, like the last two to three years. I mean I saw a Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I saw mm-hmm. Barbarian. Um I saw um what's the Rebecca Hall one with Tim Roth? Oh, no. uh, the night house. It's the other one. No. Oh, uh, no. Resurrection. 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 Why I was Tim like, yeah. Well, it's we not the night house. Yeah. <laughs> she had a confusing year. Before. <laughs> hey, listen. We are completing. We're completing this duology. I have seen the night house. I wouldn't even call Resurrection, Resurrection a horror movie. You like, haven't seen. Yeah, I, was, I'm not sure I would was, either. Like, to me okay. Like, okay. Um, even though it is frightening. Um, I, but yeah, with, uh, yeah, with other movies though, like I, I haven't caught up because I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just such a scaredy cat. It's hard for like, it's hard for me to get <laughs> into those movies like without it. You know what? Actually, I rewatched Malignant with my girlfriend, um, uh, a few weeks ago. Mm. Man, what a fucking picture that is. That's a great, I love that so much. fucking movie. Our good, our past and friend of the show jim jim wong, jim wong. Yeah. Come on the show. another aussie right he's a he's an aussie 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 yeah yeah him and uh yeah that yeah, other yeah, aussie yeah. yeah that's true um a yeah, yeah. bunch of fucking australians man they're taking over yeah 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 um <laughs> lee wanell in saw yes you're saw. correct and then saw. lee wanell also wrote that sounds right um, yeah. yeah uh saw I just had yeah, a thought he, he where wrote, I was supposed to think it, but I said yeah, it out loud. Lee Wanell wrote Saw and Insidious, which James and Wan directed. And Lee Wanell directed... Yes, yes, yes. Not, it, not Saw 2, but he directed one of the Insidious movies. I think that's but true, I, yeah. For some reason, wanted to say he directed Saw mm-hmm. 2. He wrote Saw 2, and I don't know if James Wan actually wrote Saw 2. Um, speaking of Saw, that's coming back. Um... Mm. but yeah like those like real like sloppy just schlocky just kind of like fun movies uh, like fun horror movies that don't require brain power i'll watch for sure but like the right like megan like could you like me oh you have you done i need to watch oh yeah i need to watch i need to see megan yeah yeah you'll yeah if you like fun silly horror movies like that that is the one for you not truth or dare you know Um, what's funny about megan what's no smile 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 talk oh yeah smile yeah you know oh you know what you know it was also good is sick oh that oh i saw that that's a great fucking movie uh, the thing that was that the thing about sick is like great okay maybe not great it was really <laughs> solid i <laughs> it was really good john john hams is a, is a you know good like good i know because i've seen his fucking um, um universal soldier movies that i was shit on for liking <laughs> okay well that's a reference not not everyone's gonna know um 
you know, everyone will agree with. Um, but I, I was thinking like, like what we kind of thought of with like the Biden's America idea that this movie could be. It's like that. You kind of see a little, a little bit, bit of that in sick of like, oh, we need to. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, I, I don't lot. mean to compare the two, but it's like, oh, we need to wear we're out for it's ourselves. Like the whole movie right? the Gene is Adams like character. modern America. Um, yeah, and almost yeah. to the point where you're. Yeah, Almost right. to the it's point cra- where like Kevin, it's crazy. Yeah, let's let's sit down for a second, buddy. Let's. <laughs> All right, here, right, take five deep breaths, <laughs> and then continue writing the screenplay because you're working some stuff out. Yeah. And honestly, you can you can still feel this right. The and you're like honestly, the typewriter. Uh, can, you're making yeah, your movie yeah. kind of worse by doing some of this stuff yeah. where you're just like you don't. Not everything needs to be a fucking. <laughs> uh huh. Sick is another where it's like just watch it and get back to me. Just so have you no seen Sick? <laughs> it's like Oscar. Just a cold recommend. Wow, that's I have not know. Me. Um, oh, yeah, you okay? Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's I written, did not. It's written the by leads in Sick are really good. Um, it's yeah. the lead okay. is from Blockers. She played the nerdy girl, and then something else. I just cannot remember her name. Um, let's find. No, I, I will definitely check that out. Yeah, that's a that's a good um, fucking movie. Should we? Um, yeah, we, we can we can we can wrap up. Yeah, for sure. Gideon Adian. That's an Gideon uh, well, Adlon. Yeah, I don't Adlin. know if you're going to be a movie star with that name. I'm sorry. I think so. Yeah. Should Should we have any more thoughts on your next synth? I mean, Adam. Oh, yeah. Adam and the Sim score. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it's you know, it's the best. You know, it's kind of a bummer. He never, he doesn't bring that back for Godzilla v Kong. Um, at least I don't remember it being synth. Um, I, I, I love, I find that movie so funny because, I mean, I think it's actually pretty good. But I find, I find the production of it really funny to think about because it's like one of those things where you're like, so Rebecca Hall had to learn like a good amount of sign language for that movie. <laughs> And it's one of those things where you're like, you almost want to, and you see if you ever like, you know, let's say you meet Rebecca Hall, or you know, if you and you're, you know, and you do ASL and you're talk and you're, you know, signing with her, and you and you assign, hey, how do you, how did you learn how to sign? And she, she has to sign Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I think that's a really funny. I think thinking it's just like, yeah, where do you learn sign language? I was in this film, this feature film called Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, I, I learned um, it for a film. Oh, is it about? Like, sign, signing. Deaf like, culture. You know, yeah, deaf culture. Right, right, right. right. The yeah. community. Yeah, yeah. No, it's... Did you... Were you in theater? Is that the one that came out during the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was right. just yeah, at the end was, of the pandemic. Yeah. It was st- yeah. still pretty successful. I mean, that's why they're making another one. Yeah. Um, also, they probably have... They already had too much money thrown into mm-hmm. it. That is... I think... I mean, I think that movie is actually pretty Yeah, cool. I mean... I think he's really good at world building, and I think it's much better than King of Monsters. In my yeah, I mean, I, I I, love those movies just because they're... I especially love King of Monsters because they blow up Boston. Like, it's the only mo- it's the only kaiju monster. movie where my old apartment gets destroyed. You have to wait two hours yeah, that is for true. that to happen. Um, yeah. But it is another one of those cases like we were talking about with Peter Jackson or Sam Raimi, where... Like, I'm glad that Adam Wingard and uh, Michael Doherty for uh, mm-hmm. King of Monsters are getting work and getting this money. But God, I wish they get back to doing just these yeah. mean little horror. Because isn't, isn't Krampus supposed to get a sequel 
I think I mean Trick or Treat has been supposed yeah. to get a sequel for yeah, you know, however long. And that was uh, yeah. um, that was that was um, Michael Doherty who Do- did King Michael of the Doherty. Monsters. Yeah. Doherty. Um, I and I think when I, I think unfortunately I think honestly I think Wingard kind of needed Godzilla v Kong mm-hmm. after Death Note and Blair Witch yeah. back to back. Yeah. Oh Death That's Note! I forgot rush. about yeah. Death Note. Everyone does <laughs> for apparent and good reasons. Uh, I have not seen it, but I have uh, I have friends who love. Uh, was it Magna or the, the Magna or the anime or both? Um, but I mean, it's a very popular franchise. Uh, yeah, that's popular rough. IP. Yeah, and he shit the bed hard that everyone who likes that um, likes that pop property and story that's, and stuff fucking yeah. hates that movie. Unfortunate, yeah. Um, and that's like with Lakeith and you need, you need to Willem give yourself Defoe. like a heart. Isn't the one of the Wolf Brothers? And he does bl- right, yeah. maybe. And I just like he does Blair Witch with that those are his yeah. two projects after Ooh, the yeah games. yeah and and godzilla v kong which maybe is not like a critical fucking like it's not the guest or whatever but it's i thought it was pretty solid and i think it's like i think it's a lot right. of fun i think i think he he designs all of those like fights and environments really well um obviously he's not the only person but he overlooked a lot of that shit um i think he blocks things pretty well i think the character the human characters are always going to be kind of sucky um like unless you're the first godzilla your human characters usually kind of suck unless one of them is played by ken watanabe then they're pretty <laughs> okay um but i'm excited for the sequel right man. i i think that that last one was a lot of fun i'll see five of those unless but like my issue with king of monsters is like i just so much of it is so fucking human based and so boring that's kind of always been the case with godzilla movies like if you go back to the 70s you're doing the same thing true <laughs> true like like if i, I go into a mean, mos- in a yeah. into a godzilla movie like i know that i'm signing up for 45 minutes of people talking yeah in a but room. ones are one one there are some that are much more painless that's than true um, um, and I found King of Monsters really painful, mm. but like I thought, like that Evans or is it Edwards or Evans? I always get them confused. Oh, Gareth Evans. Edwards. Evans. No, Edwards. Yeah. Shit. Now, now you have me <laughs> second guessing. No, it's like we Garth, did this during Evans, Incinerator. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I don't know. No, they no, I'm not. They don't yeah. also. They also don't look that different, which is also hard. <laughs> um, Who's the one with the creator uh, coming out? Like in a few weeks. Is that that's the guy who that's the Godzilla Rogue One guy, but okay. I can't tell you his fucking name. Okay, I thought that would make it easier. Edwards, Edwards. I think it's Edwards. I think Gareth Edwards. Yeah, I think because I think the other guy's Garth Evans, and I think this this guy's Gareth Edwards. That makes sense. I think I'm fucking stick. Yeah. To I'm that. learning at this moment that these are two different people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy who made the raid, and then the guy in Apostle, and the guy who made Rogue One. I, uh, I, uh, I uh, that's so funny. I genuinely really thought they were the same person. I know. Um, um, one is American, and the other is Welsh. <laughs> the the raid one is Welsh. Just don't get confused. Which is American? Which is Welsh? <laughs> what if they're both Welsh? <laughs> But I mean, it's not. I don't think it's impossible I, yeah. that we'll see Adam Wingard go back to. Oh, I would bet. Yeah. Money. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's next after this? Right. One? I I don't think he's gonna do another Godzilla right. thing. And like, what is he gonna do? Another Netflix anime yeah. property? Yeah. No, he's not like. What, more yeah. another and we've seen and we've seen them come back like ty west spent like a oh, decade yeah, in the wilderness yeah. and then 
came back with yeah. two great movies. Yeah. I just had an interesting idea. And I hate this idea. Or I don't hate it, but I'm like, it's kind of like one of those, you roll your eyes. It's like an idea that you would see on uh, Screen Rant, where you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, so Scream 6 just came mm-hmm. out. The... What are the, the that duo called? Oh, uh, Radio, Radio Silence. Silence. Yeah, Radio yeah. Silence. Radio Silence boys are doing something else. They're done with Scream. Mm-hmm. That last one's like the most successful one they've ever made, besides like the first one, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Wingard, like the the timeline works. Wingard yeah. for Scream Seven. No, I think I think Scream Seven is going to be Christopher Landon. From uh, Happy Death Day. Oh, that was announced. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And that's a better yeah. call, honestly. I mean, um, I'm of the but, opinion that okay. they should make a screen movie once every decade as like a State of the Union thing. But if they're not, that's very. But funny. if they're not going to do that, if they if they do have to crank out one year, I think that I hope they do keep like switching out directors because I think that's same, an interesting way same. to go forward. Because like, I think. You want to see everyone's take on Wes. Like, what is like your Scream, Wes Scream Six was fine, but it I think it had the same issue as Scream Two and Three, where there's just nothing new to talk about, and we're just yeah. stuck with the characters. It really hurt Scream Six that well. It was a follow up to Scream Five. I don't really like the the new ones, but uh, it's it was just a follow up that it's like it it, it didn't really have that luxury of. Of being a year follow-up. Right. And it's like, I don't, from my memory, I don't think Scream 2 is hurt by being a year follow-up as well. I mean, I kind of, like... This time you could really feel it. Like, personally, I prefer the Screams as, like, acts of criticism in themselves. And that's why, like, I think Scream 4 is the second best of the series after the first one. And... We both Perfect. Agree yeah. Yes. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. It, like, I wish that our they Scream did... Four episode is is that's very much like excellent pumping our fists. Like, I, I wish. Yeah. Like, I wish they did the first one and then did another one in like the mid 2000s and have them talk like torture porn and J horror remakes or right. Whatever. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. and then you oh, get yeah. to Scream Four and then Scream Five and then Scream Four is just a great state of the. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That's like that's what I love yeah. about them and I love oh, it's totally. it's yeah. so smart that it's about. Re, yeah. like reboots and the issue with five is that like the whole requel thing is just like it's like done so ham fist it's just written like so ham fisted wise yeah. where you're just like yeah okay they're all gonna sit down yeah. and they're all gonna say all of this twitter it's just not as shit. clever like yeah, yeah. I, I like no. five all like, right or jasmine savoy like brown people. has to like sit everyone down literally but uh yeah. but no that is like i like i would i would see you Wingard and Barrett take on Scream for sure. Yeah, Clay, would you have Simon Barrett write it? Yeah, that's a good. Uh... <laughs> Maybe you're, you're I can a give good him friend. A shot. Yeah, um, yeah, everyone deserves. I love. Chance. I I think Landon honestly is very exciting. Oh, for sure. I, and I actually like. I, I like five and six. Okay, six more so because it's less. Because I think the sounds the radio sounds guys are really bad at writing about. Like I think their criticism horror is kind of. It's so blat- it's so fucking bland and mm-hmm. like kind of like not not interesting that when they just six is just focusing on character stuff which I find works better with them, mm-hmm. um, and also they get to pl- 
player. Like, I just think also, like, the set pieces are better. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, feel, like, in 6, um, there's less stress about, like, okay, like, set, like, table setting. Like, I think the opening of 6 kind of rules. I think that's really... You know, funny. I love the opening. Um, yeah. Sammy, we... But I... Yeah, and like that whole in you know Tony, um, mm-hmm. Tony, yeah, Tony. Yeah. But with Wingard, it's yeah. just like after the next one has to yeah. be. I, I cannot imagine he needs doing like, another franchise. He needs like, a, the, like he needs a the visit, like just a win, right? You know, like or a, a drag me to hell for that matter. Well, getting I mean, back to Sam, a Raven. drag me to hell. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think the big the worry would be he goes a Gordon Green route. I think that's the big worry. And he, like, where he's like, all right, I did my take on Halloween. Now, the exorcist. <laughs> and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ. All of them? You yeah. have to do all of them. Like, I'm worried, like, Wingard, the, 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 I think the worst case scenario is Wingard doing, like, I'm going to be the person who brings back Friday the 13th. No, yeah. Which, again, doesn't sound horrible, but you're just like, just wait on that. Just hold up. Yeah. Just make your shit for, like, a good five years and then right and i mean what and that's like so much of what's so exciting about both your next and the guest is they're not connected to anything like they definitely have touchstones but they're not they are like both of them felt like they came out of nowhere and that's what was so exciting to me about those films and about finding your next because it's just like here is this would you be up for the guests too yeah absolutely yeah I think so too, and I think they talked about that at various points. And uh, fuck, I actually think that at one point maybe a script was written. Yeah, uh, I could be making the that only up, sad part is that no Lance Reddick. No Lance yeah. Reddick, right? Yeah, of course. Doesn't he die in though? Doesn't he? Maybe die it's been movie? it's been so long since I've seen the. It's guest. been so long. I can't believe I love that movie. And I haven't yeah. seen it in so long. That's crazy. And I'm also like a band big uh, Stan, Dan Stevens head, which mm. is weird. Um, um, I'm, by 2021, MovieWeb reported the guest writer Simon Barrett has confirmed a sequel is happening, but it will not be what fans expect. Not sure what that. <laughs> cool. Is. Yeah, I mean, I always like it because it's yeah. one of those things. Because guess nice. what? Fans expect yeah. boring. Right. Shit, you know? They have the worst expectations. They expect like something that's not interesting. Yeah, they want exactly what they like, expect, but God help you if you give them spoilers. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, right. I yeah. I'm I, I. That's good. But I, I always I always that that always people are you know that's kind of like a broad nothing line, mm-hmm. and that could be bullshit yeah. too. But it's one of those things where it's like it's better than just saying fans will be pleased. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, I don't right. like. Do I that. I would love if the guest who is an entirely different genre. Some of your best work is not pleasing fans, right? <laughs> Like, like, make it be an army of Dan Stevens taking over the world or something like that. Like, something, like, completely out of there. Okay, well, now we have to pause this so you can write that okay, script. Yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. This will be gotta, unreleased just so no yeah, one else... Yeah. Be, no one can... And we won't even... Because we can't even... We can't even, like, risk editing it out because we need to make sure this thing just never sets <laughs> today. So you can... Yes, for sure. That will be its own episode. Like <laughs> and we expect 33% and Jack will take Yeah, it. no, my, yeah. my, pe- my um, people will call your people. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I expect... I, I think it's a good... I, you know, we'll do 40 and 35 for me and 5 for Jack. I think yeah. that's... A yeah, I'll still be here. Fair, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have one. Yeah. That's... Yeah, nothing. Go because I, yeah. for some reason, cannot think of like one. I what's kind of like a 
with with I mean you know maybe we'll discuss this later on in the horror month episodes like what's usually like a like a really easy get for me is like the first kill like the first uh, right sequence of like real shock and horror and Ty West getting clipped (laughs) (laughs) seconds in is pretty great Um, Tyreek yeah yeah um no it's just really thrilling just to see like um like that's your first moment like oh and that's when like aaron is like oh so what do you you do like someone like calls out to her like just to make her a part of the conversation but it's actually really uh like confrontational and um yeah there's like the sibling quibbles right yeah no that's really good like the shocking aspect of like okay now the shit's like really revving up and is there something that you want to say because i feel like what do you i don't know what you want. i don't think that you're in any position to be judging my moral who decisions. says i'm judging you you are with your eyes i'm tired of it the whole time you've been here you're kneeling me and i'm not putting up with it anymore i'm tired of it you are so Jealous of you. I'm jealous of Boys, you. I'm, you know what? I'm glad that this is coming. I'm jealous of you. This is good. Ever since you're he's the one that's shouting. Always. What have I done? Who have I been jealous of? You've done everything. Every time I've done anything, you have to argue like this. Yeah, no fucking surprise here, that sketchy shit. <laughs> 
And I love his yeah. little moment of like, what is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like my two favorite scenes we've already talked about, which are uh, the last conversation between Aaron and Crispin, because it's just like everything, like all the themes of the movie coming to a head. Um, and then uh, Fuck Me Next to Your Dead Mom's Corpse is such, just such a brilliant little scene. Um, but, you know, we've already talked about those. So I'm going to give a shout out to Amy Simons' little performance right before she runs through the piano wire. Oh, it's amazing. Right. It's amazing. Because, like, you know, like, we don't spend that much time with her as a character compared to the, some of the others. But in that moment, you know exactly who she is. You know exactly her relationship with her brothers and with her parents. Like, she is, like the overlooked younger sister, like the princess, and this is her time to shine. She's going to run the fastest that, you know, nobody believes how fast she can run, but she's going to show them all. And then, of course, she just instantly gets garroted. And it's such a great little scene and a great little performance. And her death's really upsetting. Oh, it like, totally. Like, she's like, yeah, completely bleeding out and like holding her throat and everyone's crying and wailing and things. Cause it comes at such a surprise. Yeah. And too. she's like, she's Cause... also like the one of the siblings who's like kind of likable before that. Yeah. Like an okay yeah. person. Um, cause also you do not, you expect her to die almost immediately when she runs out that door. Cause that's what the scene is building. Right. To. Like you're not, you don't expect her to actually make a break for it. This is because this is the scene where you have to establish the stakes and how dangerous these people are. Um, so you're ex so obviously I'm expecting the dude comes out of nowhere, plunges her with a knife. Right. Something like pretty simple and like direct. Or she gets immediately shot with an arrow. I don't think anyone really expects a fucking tripwire. No. Or like a, a um, not a tripwire, a fucking uh, garrotine. Yeah. Like it's, um, or like a piano wire. Like no one's expecting that. And for her to like just run straight through it. One, it establishes great stakes, saying these guys are so fucking prof like these are not serial killers; these are like mm -hmm. professional hunters. Yeah, um, yeah. and they know exactly. This is what a job doing. for hire. They've done this meticulously. Um, well, I mean, I don't think we know that yet, but we just mm -hmm. know that they're not like a bunch of bumbling hillbillies. Like they've have equipment, they have planned this, they know how to like most efficiently kill people. Um, they, and it also t tells you that it's like, there's just no really getting out of this. Not really. Cause they've thought of so many different things and it's just, you can't, it's just hard to imagine that they, they're going to get this right. Um, um, but yeah, I, I um, or yeah, they're going to be able to escape. Somebody should make a run for the cars and no, try to go no, get help. No, we can't go out there. Mom, it's the only way, it's the only way we're out of this. Whoever's the fastest runner, who, who is that? I'm the fastest, but I've got this fucking arrow in my bed. What does your shoulder have to do with your legs? I'm the fastest. He has a fucking Stop arrow in his back! Stop yelling at me, Kelly! You fucking know what it has to do with your legs if you never run, you fat fuck! I'm not fat, you fat fuck! Shut the fuck up! Fat fuck! You're gonna eat your shit! I'm a fat fuck! I'm a fat fuck! I'm a fat fuck! We believe in you. We believe in you. Amy, you can do this. I believe in you, okay? You just have to get out where you can make a phone call and get help. See, help me move this. Help me get this out of the way. Felix! 
can do this, Daddy. Get down. We pulled the doors open at the last second. They're not going to be expecting her to be coming out full speed. So no, that's a great scene. Glad, great shadow. I think it's, I think it's the, the camera. I think the flashing mm. at the end, oh, the yeah. final yeah. tell of the three of the three Stooges, basically. <laughs> it's really effective. It's super visceral. Um, it's obviously very just like showy. It's just like, what if all the lighting came from the camera flash and that was the scene? It's so cool. It's so <laughs> cool. But guess what? It's really cool. Um, it's it kind works of a, really well. like a it's really homemade technique. Like, listen, like I'll even like bring back to what Oscar's saying. Like, bring it back to Sam Raimi. Like, it's kind of a Evil oh, Dead, yeah, for sure. Like filmmaking, like sort of simple thing. Um, but speaking of the basement, I really like to the the one where like the axe is going through the door and Aaron is behind the door and like there's that shot where the light is coming through the keyhole. Hmm. You know the one, yeah. Yeah, it's a really cool sequence as well. I that I I really and just the brutality she has, where she basically smashes his face in as much as he possibly can, and it's just true. It, you really just see how she is completely gone, like she's completely embraced this psychotic side of her, uh, and and I think people might. When I say those things, or like, how is she different from any other final girl who kills the bad guy? Well, she obviously does, like, goes super fucking hard. Mm. Like, that is her whole point. And that's why I love the ending of the first Scream, is because... Or not the first Scream, sorry. Uh, the Scream 5, um, where Melissa... Oh, I cannot remember her last name. The protagonist. Because... Um, Melissa Barrera? Barrera. Um, She is... I I think she really struggles in five. I think she greatly improves in six. um, Because she allows this darker side to come out more. Or, I mean, not she doesn't allow. That's the the script 
gets her to release her darker side more. And I think she's really good in this final scene in Scream 5 where she kills Jack Quaid when in a, such a malicious, savage way, stabbing him as many possible times as he as she can until he basically bleeds to death and then shoots him in the face multiple times. Yeah. Um, that, and so I think there is a difference between like at, you know, stabbing a guy once and him bleeding out to beating his head in and until you hear mush. <laughs> um, and that's, and that kind of, you know, that difference, that brutality, I find so interesting in this film because it is really, it's like making this kind of, it's showing this transformation of a woman. It, but it's not this meek little lady who turns into a badass. It's this who's already a badass but turns into a psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who turns into someone who probably enjoys this. Um, and gets, like, satisfaction from mm-hmm. it. So, and, and yeah, it, and it, you only see spurts of blood and it keeps flashing, darkness, flashing, darkness, flashing, darkness. Um and it's it's just really well done um yeah. it's really effective and it feels like a good culmination of you know killing those three dudes um but yeah i i do also love the when you referenced earlier oscar was the when the dude comes in and she just kicks him in the balls <laughs> and he topples over like a weed and then he just she should smart smashing his head yeah and yeah. it's just like it's a moment like that where, where it's like kind of, oh she doesn't feel much like empathy or like well, that, but she's also prepared yeah. for this right. shit. Like, yeah. she's not, like, all, any other person would be, like, quivering in fear, but she immediately is like, oh. Yeah, she doesn't She doesn't Boom. do, like, the final girl thing of, like, pushing the lamp over in front of them or something to slow them yeah. down or something. Or, or crying or right. whatever. And it's, you know, it, yeah. but, like, yeah. a thing that anyone rightfully would. And, the, and I love there's that, you were talking about the ending, with, like, or the ending speech where he's like, if you just reacted like any <laughs> yeah. other normal person, this would have went okay. Yeah. It's one of those things too, where it's like it. It really is like very interesting that uh, Barrett and Wingard don't make it like make a point of like uh, like she is like ready, excited, like like sort of like relieved that she can finally put these tactics to use, but not like making it the movie. Right. Like, I, it is the movie, but it's not. Like, I don't know. But no, it's it, it could be something where it's like too focused on that. Um, mm-hmm. Like there would have been it's like actually, longer, like yeah. there had been flashbacks yeah. to her learning this skill. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, yeah. Or, or keep referencing his her dad. Like oh, my dad always said blank. But it's like it's one mention. Mm-hmm. And that's right, and it. and that one mention like tough. shades in so much. Like mm-hmm. you, exactly. like a, you know that she has this training, and b, you know that she has this undoubted undoubtable trauma from this upbringing, and that you know. Yeah. All of this is living inside her as well. This, this film avoids so much exposition. Right. Like, they could have explained Z's and uh, Felix's relationship. Like, what the fuck is that? How did that start? What it's her game in all of this? Is she just a psycho? Is Felix a psycho? Um, they could have explained to death the family dynamics, why they wanted their sister dead and their mom dead. You understand why the dad and the brother... Um, they could have, you know, how did they come up with this? How did they meet? What was their thinking? Why are they both so broke? Um, all of these different things. Like, they could have, and, like, where did Felix meet these three lunatics? Uh, was it over the internet? Like, 
all of these things. They could have explained it to death like most movies would. And they're just like, eh, you get it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's perfect. And, like, I think the closest thing to exposition for Z is at the end when he's saying, you know, we needed a witness with no motive. And obviously not Z. And I feel like that line just shades in so much without saying really anything at all. But it's just like, oh, yeah, she's just clearly this, you know maybe criminal but definitely psycho person and everybody knows it but felix doesn't seem like a psycho so it's just like why are they together i mean they mention him being like i i get the sense that felix is like the black sheep of the family like they mention him no obviously yeah yeah. and i don't you know you don't really need to know like what his deal is exactly other than he's just this fuck up with a criminal girlfriend Yeah, really, really good movie. Uh, thank you for choosing it and being here with us once more, Oscar. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me. Yeah. And any yeah. any excuse to push this movie on more people is one that I'll take because I just it's one of those movies that I love making people experience for the first time, and it's it's one of those movies that for me is kind of a perfect movie in that it's what I want movies to be when I see a movie like. Horror movies especially, but even general movies. Like, watching Nomadland is like, God, I wish this was more like your next. That's so <laughs> funny. I love that. I, I love that. Yeah. It's very funny. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, thank you again yeah. for having it's, me. This it, is so yeah, much fun. Yeah, this is great to have you. It's, it's like, such an easy recommend, too, I feel like. Oh, for sure. It's, it's not too, like, yeah, I don't know. There's just something, like, easy to, to see about it. Um, 
yeah, like where can every, hey, where can everybody find you online? And like, if you have anything they're working on right now, or this will be up uh, in like three weeks. Okay. Um, yeah, three weeks. Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter or on uh, the Blue Sky uh, at the <laughs> Oh, God. The Oscar Goff. Uh-huh. Um, you can find my work pretty much every week on Boston Hassle. Uh, we've, you know, we're getting into the fall push, so there's definitely going to be a lot of stuff there. It, I have be, I have uh, BDs coming soon. Oh, yeah, the fall focus is coming up, yeah. I'm going to be cramming screeners in my eyes till they bleed. Uh, so come join me as my eyes bleed on Boston Hassle. <laughs> Uh, if that's not as good as an advertisement enough, <laughs> you can find me at the Boston Hassle as well, uh, and on Twitter at Plus Bleedy Eyes and Jack, Jack A. Draper. Uh, I'll join Oscar in eye bleeding. I guess we'll we'll be in solidarity. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Just make sure you're not possessed because it's yeah, one of those two right. things: it's either watching too many screeners or you're possessed. Yeah. It is that. So it's, yeah. or. You have a mysterious yeah. illness. If it's not for that damn Netflix, then we could be probably possessed. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I can. I guess I'm also on Threads at the same name. I'm also on X at the same name. Uh, no, <sighs> no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you bitch! <laughs> you are the first human I, to ever refer to it out loud as X. Yes. He's been doing it. it I, I love how much it annoys you. I love it. Um, yeah, this film can be streamed on Max. I mean, that's ah! also, it's also not great. It's also rough. Um, it's like yeah, every uh, time you do that, you stab me in the the in, in the cervix. It's oh. yeah, it's horrible. Uh, and next, yeah. Next episode, the Poughkeepsie tapes. Kevin Tudor of Almost Major will return. How fucked up is it? Um, I don't. Re- I feel like I've heard about it, but yeah, I it's re- pretty disturbing. What it is. It's really, it's it's really. Have you seen the Poughkeepsie? Damn it, Kevin! Have you seen the Poughkeepsie tapes? I have not. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, famously, it, it hit festivals in 2007, then didn't get released until 2014. Wow. Crazy. You're doing it, it, why, why do we keep having this Oklahoma maniac on? <laughs> Jesus. Listen. I uh, he he's the char- he's a good kid. He's a good kid. We'll keep having him, right? He's I a- don't know if he's a good kid. He vapes <laughs> a lot. He watches fucked up things. I don't know. Listen, he I disagree. He could be like the Bart Simpson of Exodus, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He's like kind of a troublemaker but a good heart. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't choke yeah. him though. Yeah. Um, you can find you me. You wouldn't on choke him out. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No. no okay. Good. Not. Good. He's he he seems like he's stronger than me. <laughs> um, that's the only reason. Um, everyone can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Birds of Clay and on Instagram at Birds of Clay. There's, there's, there's no Larbox, there's no bird on the icon here. Oh, I'm seeing something else. <laughs> it's so funny when you appear on like. There's this, like, auction, like, website called Whatnot or whatever where you can, like, buy, like, basketball cards or shoes and, like, collectible things and, like, people just auction shit off. And I was, I, I you know, I've taken a break because I was spending too much money, but I was heavily into, like, buying up all these basketball cards. And it's so funny when they see your 
when you see your, they just see your username they don't see your, your like full name or whatever they don't go like oh hey clay it's like you know they, and they see who joins like hey birds of clay and it's just really interesting and now people just call me birds <laughs> you know it's it's really funny, funny because the only and people are like what's the special meaning behind that it's such a unique name i'm like it's really a play on words that's really it birds of prey birds of clay i like i like bird i like that birds of prey movie that's really it i yeah. mean there's not it's just a play on words yeah um Classic. but now it's my brand which is i might need to change soon um you can follow the podcast word account at ett pod you can send us an email at exiting through 2010 gmail.com please remember to rate review subscribe give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen on to we greatly appreciate it uh ran up to someone in the middle of the street uh wear a horribly disturbing fox mask tap them on the shoulder then pull it up wearing a ski mask and say hey go listen to exiting through the 2010s then run away oh um, well, wait if you have an earbud in while committing <laughs> uh family uh what know, yeah uh, make sure you listen to exiting uh, if you're ever uh, for hire, that's for what he's listening homicide. to in the film. Yes, yes, uh, I bet. Absolutely. I bet. I, I love bet. that. My yeah. sul- the sultry tones yeah. of our yeah. voice. I, right. That's such a funny fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. What? It's great. Yeah. Well, because he was sucked into what episode? What he listened to? If if this was, uh, uh, um, Blair Witch. Funny Blair Witch. Right. He yes. really liked that Blair <laughs> yeah, Witch yeah, episode, yeah. which yeah. our Oklahoma our Oklahoma maniac was on as well. Fucking Kevin. Yeah. That's true. Um. Yeah. Kevin, we love you. Be good to yourselves. Stay safe. Share us with a friend. Do all the things you gotta do. And we'll catch you next time on Exiting Through the 2010s.